Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within um, Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. Fika Nation, welcome to a better late than never edition of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, here for another week. It's episode 13 this week, and uh, we got two games to cover tonight because um, of the early kickoff start for Benfica uh, yesterday, Saturday, Saturday, May the 4th, um, and an unbelievably long work week for me. I, uh, did not have the time to get the podcast out Friday night, and I felt that putting it out Saturday morning, just hours before Benfica played again, would really defeat the purpose. So I decided to put it off until now. It is Sunday, May the 5th, 7.12 p.m. After some technical difficulties, some technological difficulties, um, I finally got this thing up and recording. And we're going to record now episode 13, and we're going to cover... The two massive victories for Benfica in the past eight days, starting at the Pedreira in Braga a week ago. Benfica winning at Braga 4-1, to one, um, and then again yesterday, winning 5-1 to one at home against Puerto Mones. No, they're not Porto Mones, they're Porto Mones, as in Porto B, or Puerto B is what I call them. Um, the Maleta was definitely... Um, was definitely on its way to Portimão. Uh, there's no way. What an inspired performance for much of the game from the the Algarve side. The same could not be said when they faced uh, their big brother Porto a few weeks ago. So um, two massive results for Benfica. Also a lot going on uh, in the club all around in the last week. And here we are. We are down to two matches to go on the 20. 20- 19 season 2018-2019 season can't believe we're down to two already um what started you know last summer like i said here in the united states with the pregame tour is now down to its final 180 minutes and Befica are right there it is theirs for the taking all right sit right there don't move um we're not gonna 
We don't got too much to get into before we hit the news, so we're going to go right into the news. So on the other side of this ad and on the other side of Reconquista, I'll be back with the news. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu at Benfica Mr. on Twitter and at Mr. Benfica on Instagram. Sit, sit right there and I'll be right back. Passo a passo o caminho é duro Temos muita história mas ainda mais futuro Conto com dificuldade em cada jornada sofrida A glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa sorte O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz further ado, we'll get right into the news this week, starting off once again with the ladies, the Benfica ladies football team. Big win again, they had two wins this week, most recently today, 5-1 over Sporting B. Okay, earlier today at the Tapadinha, uh, Benfica very close now to solidifying their place in the first division next season, uh, running away with the championship of the second division. Goals today by Ana Vitoria, Andrea Faria, Darlene. Uh, and two from Jace. Darlene now has, you ready for this? She now has 102 goals this season in all competitions. That's right, she has 102 goals this season in all competitions. I don't care what level you play at, everybody. 102 goals is, is a career for, is a good career for many people. Okay? Um, I don't think I've scored 102 goals on FIFA. <laughs> never mind never mind in real life so uh big congratulations to Benfica ladies captain Darlene uh hoping 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 to see her at the World Cup this summer representing Brazil uh she's had a fantastic season and um continues the season's not over they still got i believe six six matches to play something along those lines they got about a month a month and a month and a half to go um before the season is over, but as most of you know, if you if you follow this show, they're in the Portuguese Cup final 
on May the 18th. Um, that is one week from Saturday, so it's about two weeks from now. Uh, at the Jamor ver- versus Valadarsh Gaia. All right, and hopefully Benfiquismo will be in large number at the Jamur that day. Hopefully a sea of red to see these Benfica ladies lift the cup. I believe they're going to win. They are the best team in Portugal in spite of being in the second division. And um, shout out also, since we're at it and we're talking women's football today, um, Sporting Braga, Victoria, or not victorious, they drew today, but it was a result um, against Sporting that saw Braga win the championship in women's football, the Liga BPE. Okay, so Braga are the champions. Sporting will not be champions this year, and for all of the arrogance that that club has in regards to its ladies' football team, they will not be at the Supertasa next year. We can still be there. So uh, as long as our girls win at the Jamur on the 18th of May, we will play in the Supertasa next year against... Sporting Braga. It'll be the the rubber match, if you will. It'll be the third match between Benfica and Braga in women's football. Um, and, well, we just got to see it out now. And I, I'm fully confident and hopeful that we're going to see Benfica win the women's football uh, Taça de Portugal. Also today, um, we have... Oh, and I wanted to add also in on a, on a sad note... Um, Sporting Biz and Inês Gonçalves did score today, making it the first goal Benfica has surrendered in league play this season. That's right. League play started in September. It's May the 5th, and Benfica have finally surrendered their first league goal of the season. Fantastic job all season by, by the staff, by the players, by everybody at Benfica in getting women's football off the ground. We'll move on now to... Men's futsal beginning the playoffs today. Benfica beats Eletrico 6-4 in game one of the playoff quarterfinal that was on the road today uh, against Eletrico. Uh, Benfica will have game, I believe games two and three will be next weekend um, in the best of five series to advance to the semifinals. Also today, this is a game I got caught up watching in. <laughs> My intention was to record this podcast earlier in the afternoon today and... Unfortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I got BitTV on. I was just going to have it on in the background and um, keep the listener updated, you know, uh, or the downloader updated as I was recording. But I ended up finding myself watching this handball match and realized I know very little about handball. I wish I knew more. It looks like a very exciting sport. Uh, high scoring. Co- there's contact. There's, there's excitement end to end. Benfica winning 25-24 over Sporting at the Pavilion uh, at the Luge today. Uh, it was the first match of the final phase, I believe, in, in men's handball. Um, if you haven't seen this sport before, this is a pretty fantastic sport to watch. I just wish I knew some of the rules better. I wish I knew the tactics better. But uh, I really enjoyed watching the game go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, Benfica scoring uh, with under a minute left to win 25-24. to uh, Recovering from a defeat earlier this week to Porto. And uh, before we go any further, um, I will say also for those of you that don't know, earlier this week, Football Club Porto's goalkeeper, uh, Iker Casillas, the legend, the Real Madrid legend's uh, Spanish national team World Cup winning goalkeeper suffered a heart attack in 
in training on, I believe it was Wednesday. Um, he is expected, he's obviously out for the rest of the season, and uh, like I said on my Instagram, I posted a picture of Casillas hoisting the World Cup trophy from when Spain were champions, and um, I said, you know, clubismo uh, apart, you know, club loyalties aside, um, there are things in life that are more important than stupid rivalries, and um, and I'm just I'm thankful uh, for everybody involved um, that this happened while he was at training. There has been no mention, no credit that I've seen given to the medical staff at Football Club Porto, which undoubtedly had to have saved his life. Um, had this happened an hour and a half later, while he was behind the wheel going home, the the circum you know the the results could have been devastating. And from what I understand, he's going to recover and be just fine. And he may even be you know they expect him to even be back next season, um, regardless of what emblem he wears on his chest. A legend, absolute legend and goal. Um, we've seen some ridiculous performances by him, especially against our Benfica, since joining Porto a few years ago. And with all the joking, with all the the club uh, issues aside, um, I do wish the best for Iker Casillas. Uh, speedy recovery. Happy dos melhores, I believe, is the, the expression everyone in Portugal is using, including Bruno Lage and Luis Felipe Vieira, who extended well wishes to Iker Casillas. And... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm thankful that this happened where it happened, where he had plenty of staff on hand to to tend to him quickly. Uh, very scary thing. I mean, he's and then I read he's 37 years old. Heck, I, I'm 36. That that scares the daylights out of me. That a world class athlete, you know, suffers a heart attack and he's, you know, probably less than a year older than I am. Um, just reminds us all not to take anything for granted, not to take a single day for granted. Um, so best wishes to Iker Casillas, um, but not to Porto, <laughs> not the football club to Porto, not on the field, um, as we go forward. And I'll talk real quickly, also, if we're going to talk about Porto, that absolutely disgusting, disgusting display from Fernando Macaco Madureira, uh, at Rio Ave last week, um, ripping his shirt off and, like, what are you doing, dude? Seriously. The players are devastated. They just dropped two massive points, you know, essentially, you know, essentially feeling like they gave the title to Benfica. Nothing's been decided. I am not going to accept that Benfica have won this title. Regardless of the results this week, there is still 180 minutes to go for both teams. Anything can happen. We've seen it before. We've seen crazier things happen. What Porto needed was for the leader of their clock, their clock legalizado, right? Their official clock. We're so, you know, Befica's so bad because our supporters groups are not officially recognized by the club or legally Zaj. There's our, and look at the way they behave themselves. Um, to do that, instead of to get behind your team and to show them you still believe in it, Makaku takes his shirt off and, and points his fists in directions of the players, turns around at one of his fellow fans who's applauding the team's effort, ready to, ready to smack him. I mean... Just a disgusting human being. I don't like to say that about anybody, but that guy is just a disgusting human being. And really, he should be banned from football. He should not. He doesn't deserve to attend football matches anymore. That guy really... Listen, I'm not even going to get into the crime he's committed in his life. I'm just going to be on his, his behavior at matches. He does not deserve to be in a football match. And if you... Uh, 
if you're into mixed martial arts, you know, that's one of the sports I follow. Aside from football, it may be the sport I follow. Closest outside of outside of football is mixed martial arts. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can see that guy have a, an MMA, a professional MMA fight. Um, he did fight in Porto. Uh, just put in Makaku Madureira MMA. And you'll see his fight there where he squa- absolutely squashes a guy. He looks like he outweighs by 50 pounds. Um, <laughs> no technique at all. Doesn't look to be very skilled, but he just absolutely pummeled him. Um, a guy that he, he, he completely outweighed. And uh, you can hear the crowd just going nuts for him. And, I mean, this guy this guy's like the godfather. I don't know I don't know how he so, got to be so powerful. But everyone and their mother's afraid of this guy. He gets away with whatever he wants. The police are afraid of him. Pito da Costa, I think, is afraid of him. The mayor of uh, of Porto, Presidenta Câmara, is afraid of him. I don't know. I don't know why. You know. I, yeah. So he's a tough dude. Whatever. He's just a man, and um, really a disgusting one at that. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, I posted the video on Facebook and on uh, on. I believe I tweeted it as well. If you haven't seen it, just just search for it. It's pretty disgusting. Um, also, earlier today, Befica B draws 1-1 with Porto B. Also, hockey yesterday, hockey in patige, is, or in English it's called rink hockey or quad hockey. Befica beats Juventude Viana 7-4 in the quarterfinals of the Taça de Portugal. They advance to the final four now of the Taça de Portugal. Now, Befica, despite the disappointing season they're having in hockey, are in the final four for both the Taça de Portugal and the EuroLeague. So, um, the EuroLeague final four. If those of you, if you haven't seen Portuguese hockey yet or or quad hockey, it's a pretty interesting sport. I like it. It um, it's if you're used if you're living here in North America and you're used to ice hockey, it's does not resemble it all that much. I mean, other than the fact that you play with a stick. But um, aside from that, it's not very similar. There's no contact, but there's a lot of finesse. Great stick handling. Um, and in fact, right now I got BTV up, and they got the the women's uh, hockey team playing Benfica, beating Alverca 12 to one right now in women's hockey. But um, yeah, if you you get the chance, check it out. It's a it's a cool sport to watch. These these guys and girls are so skilled on, on their quad skates. They're playing on roller skates. Uh, they're not on roller blades. They're not on ice skates. They're on roller skates, and the things they can do on those skates are pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, some of the stick handling is really impressive. And uh, Benfica now in the final four of the Euro League. The Euro League they'll play Sporting in the final four, where Porto will play Barcelona. So it's it's an all Iberian final four. Um, Portugal and Spain are the two powerhouses in the world of of uh, hockey. Um, along with Italy and Argentina, but Portugal and Spain more so. And it, the final four of this Euro League reflects that with, uh, yeah, the same Barcelona that plays football. That is, you know, the the maybe the biggest football team in the world now. Um, is also very good in the quad, uh, on quad skates playing hockey. And um, they will play Porto. Benfica will play Sporting, and the two winners will meet on the next day. That's going to be played, I believe... If I'm not mistaken, next weekend, the 11th and the 12th of May. I'm not sure where the location is at, but but stay tuned to BitTV for information. Also, um, if you have access to SportTV, they may have rights to some of the games. Or RTP. But uh, anything you want to know about the modalidades, about the, the sports other than football, uh, Google search Befica Eclectico, okay? And you will find everything you need to know about modalidades.
there. And lastly, today, Benfica Basketball, the team that I've been uh, talking about, uh, if you've noticed, I've been following closer. Um, another win today. Today they went up north to the Dragon Caixa, beating Porto 76-73 to close out the regular season. Benfica finishes the regular season in second place, Porto in third. Uh, the playoffs are going to begin now, and their path will go through each other to get to the finals. So if both teams win their opening series, they'll see each other in the semifinals. Um, American Micah Downs led the way again today. 27 points from the American as Benfica... Uh, edges out Porto by three points to finish the season in second place. That's the news this week, everybody. Stay tuned right there. We're going to listen to uh, a little sound, a couple sound clips. We got Rafa's goal at Braga against his former team, and then we got the flash interview with Peasy after the match. Remember, Mr. Benfica, at Benfica Mr. on Twitter, and at Mr. Benfica on Instagram. Stay right there. Don't move a muscle. Coast to coast instrumentals. É festa dos homens da luz aqui na pedreira. A bola já para Claudio vai meter para a zona central. Bola para a direita, para Bruno Viana, para Trincão. Tenta passar, corta Jensen. Dá para Félix, rapidamente mais a bola para Rafa. Está a pedir a bola de Sifinovic e vai. Bate mais um na cara do guarda-redes. Atirou grande defesa. Leva as mãos a cabeça e vem. Bate ainda Rafa para o lado para o outro. Atirou a bola. Não, o nervosismo aqui entra uh, connosco, não, não entra. 
Eu acho que, que acima de tudo, como já disse, enfrentamos uma grande equipa com excelentes jogadores a jogar em sua casa. Uh, acho que é normal que eles tentem, desde o primeiro minuto, fazer gol e fazer as coisas pelo melhor. A verdade é que gostaríamos de ter feito uma primeira parte melhor, mas acho que a segunda parte foi, foi de, um nível, de um nível, acho que categórico. Uh, mostramos que, que estamos bem, que estamos muito fortes e agora é, é, é pensar nas três finais que faltam, porque apesar de termos ganho num, num campo muito difícil, All right, let's turn the clock back a week now, guys, and go back to last Saturday, April the 27th, the city of Braga in northern Portugal. Um, we've got a huge clash between Benfica and Braga. Uh, remember, this is the game that our rivals had circled where they hoped we would drop points. Um, Braga was motivated, no question. Uh, Benfica coming in with a lot of pressure, but well supported in Braga in a stadium that holds, I think, just under 30,000 fans. An estimated 12,000 were Benfica fans. Benfica fans were loud, um, despite the club only being allocated 1,500 uh, tickets. Um, 12,000 Benficistas found their way in there, and it was a it was an impressive atmosphere. Uh, two teams that both wanted to win, no question. All right, so let's get right into it here. I'm going to start with the lineup, starting with the home side. Braga in goal was Thiago Sá. On the, across the back, the right back was Ricardo Isgaio. The center back, Bruno Viana and Pablo. The left back was Murilo. Uh, across the midfield, on the right, the right mid was Wilson Eduardo. The two center mids, Claudio Mir and João Pailinha. Ricardo Horta, the former Benfica youth player, was the left-sided midfielder. Up front, Francesco and Paulinho. Uh, noticeable, no Diego Souza in the starting 11. Um, he would come on later, but he was not in the starting 11. For a long time, he was the league's second-leading scorer this season. He, uh, however, no longer a starter. He's even appeared for Portugal's national team, but no longer seems to be a starter in this Braga team. Benfica would start with Odie in goal. They're back for Almeida, Ruben Dias, uh, Fehu, and Grimaldo. Uh, they're midfield along the right side. Pizzi, the center back, the center mid, excuse me, pairing of Samaris and Florentino once again. And returning to the lineup after a one-match suspension due to yellow card accumulation is the former Braga player himself, Rafa up front, the usual Seferovic and João Felix to start the match. And Benfica came into this match and looked quite nervous right off the start. It looked like, um, just to give you a little background, let's backtrack a week. Remember that uh, the night before or two nights before, Benfica, um, Football Club do Porto had dropped two points in a matter of five minutes at Riuav. All right, so... So Porto had dropped two points, meaning they were only one point ahead going into this match. Um, week after week, at least four or five weeks in a row, Benfica uh, had gone into the match three points behind Porto each week, uh, as Porto has always played first, and then being level on points at the end of each week. Um, so Porto drops two points. Benfica now knows that they can go ahead. They can give themselves some cushion with a victory. And as we have seen what happens with Benfica, uh, with, a vic with, with a little bit of a lead, if you will, because these games have turned into an actual second leg. Even though 
you know, it's a league game. It's not a cup game. This this becomes almost the same situation as a cup second leg, and we've seen the difficulty Benfica have had playing with the lead uh, in the second leg this season. No difference here in the start of this match. Came out absolutely nervous. Um, the young kids showed showed their inexperience quite a bit. Some uh, careless passing. Um, just didn't get out of the gate. The team really did not look ready to play this match. Um, they really look like a team with the weight of the world on their shoulders. And even Bruno Lage looks nervous at the start of this match. You heard the... Those of you that understand the Portuguese, you heard the flash interview from PZ there before this segment. He's saying that that nervousness never set in. I don't buy that for one second. I'm sorry, PZ. Um, from the body language to the look on people, the facial expressions, nervousness was definitely a factor here. Braga felt that. Braga um, could sense it, and they went for it. So we go in. Uh the tenth minute already. Wilson Eduardo has an attempt blocked by, uh, by the Benfica defender. Okay, he had a right-footed shot outside the box that he had received from Ricardo Orta. Two minutes later, Eduardo Wilson Eduardo missed a header from the center of the box. It was high and wide to the left on a cross from Morillo. In the thirteenth, Samaris would win a free kick in the defensive half. As Benfica really struggling early on. Really, really struggling. The 14th, they finally get a chance, but but João Felix has his attempt blocked, his right-footed shot from the center of the box. It was blocked. Pizzi had found him, but nothing uh, nothing to come of it. A tough afternoon for, for, for João Felix. Um, as, we, as I said last week, I think what, what he's become... What he's, what's become noticeable that he's very good at is his movement off the ball and being at the right place at the right time and to create space for himself. Uh, he was well scouted in this match. Very little chance to do that. Uh, he did, however, as we'll get to later on, he did manage to get himself open in some key, key positions and he did manage to make an impact on the game even though this was not by any means his best game. Um, Paulinho in the 14th has a shot saved. By Odi, a right-footed shot from outside the box. It was saved in the bottom right corner. We'll keep fast-forwarding here. And in the 20th minute, we have a foul from Pizzi uh, on João Palinha. But the attempt was missed as it ended up with Pablo Santos getting a header in the center of the box, but too high. Murilo had, had uh, sent the ball in on a set piece. Uh, Paulinho would have another attempt missed in the 23rd, a left-footed shot from outside the box. It was close, but missed to the right. And that was a ball he received directly from goalkeeper Thiago Sa. Um, again, a lot of back and forth. But Benfica really struggling to get themselves established in this match. They really looked the way they did on the road uh, at, for, at Eintracht. And the way they did in the second leg against Sporting. Really tense, really nervous. But uh, in the 32nd minute, yellow cards... For both Ruben Diaz and Pizzi as Ruben uh, concedes a penalty kick. Now, there's debate on whether or not this is a penalty kick. It is, in my opinion, obviously. Um, and, the, the you know, this comes back to a real lack of concentration 
here from Florentino. Tino really really gets beat in a bad position here as as Braga is able to, to break in. Francesco gets in and eventually gets in position where Ruben has no choice but to to go at him and try to get in front of the shot. He ends up getting the man and giving away a penalty kick. And Braga are going to go from the spot. Wilson Eduardo would score. Uh, he would convert the penalty kick with a right-footed shot into the bottom left corner, beating Vlakodimus. And Braga go ahead, one nothing, and <laughs> you kilometers and kilometers away in Porto, you can hear the cheers um, for a fan base that felt they had just, you know, thrown away the title a few nights earlier. You can hear them starting to believe, but um, Benfica have to regroup. And they they do struggle to do so, um, as the rest of the first half still belongs to Braga. Benfica starting to slowly get into the match, but um, now a yellow card shown to Florentino here in the 45th minute. He having a tough game. He, this was um, a really rough showing from him. Uh, it looks to me from my perspective, that this pressure is getting to him. Perhaps he's not entirely comfortable uh, playing in this partnership with Samadis at this point. Perhaps he would like to play more with a more attack-minded partner in midfield because at sometimes he seems unsure of what to do. His passes are not reaching the target. They're coming up short, and this is something, this is going to be a reoccurring theme in this episode between these two matches. Um, already the week before, he had given away you know, some chances, and a few weeks back, we had heard about some whistling towards Tino. Young, young player with, uh, you know, infinite upside. But struggling right now um, in, this, in this context and in this final push in this season with, with the title on the line in virtually, not in virtually, in, in every match. He, he's having moments of where he's struggling t to deal with it. Um, and I believe he was lucky not to be sent off in this match. To be honest, he had a few fouls um, in the second half as well. And I don't. And I remember screaming at the TV, yelling to Lige to get this guy off, get Jetson on. And before before we go down to ten men, we go into half. It's one nil to Braga. Okay, um, but like he always does, or like he tends to do. Bruno Lage does something at halftime, and I really have come to look forward to halftimes with this team because they come back in the second half ready to play. Okay, whatever has to be adjusted seems to be adjusted. We got to work on getting these adjustments made before the match and getting this team ready to play in the first minute because it seems like we have two Benficas right now. We have the one that scores in the first, second, third, fourth minute. You know, scores early and establishes a rhythm and establishes dominance in the match. And we have the Benfica that can't get out of the blocks, okay? And has to fall behind before they can start playing. Yet another game where Benfica falls behind in this Bruno Lage era. If you go back, I know I'm talking, I'm talking strictly about the league right now. If you go back, you got you got his first game against Riuav. You've got... Um, you've got... Uh, away to Porto, you've got Ferenc, you've got uh, the, you've got this match, you've and a few others where Benfica have fallen behind. And again, fast forwarding later in the episode, we got the the recent match with Portimonense. Benfica need to fall behind before they wake up. Now, granted, with this team, I am always confident that they're going to turn it around. They seem to play better when they're behind. 
uh, for whatever reason. This is a psychological thing that really needs to be worked out um, because you can't af you can't afford this game after game. We've got two games left. Can't afford to drop any points. Um, we cannot allow the other team to score first again. We need to stay on the front foot. We need four points, okay? Minimum four points from these next two matches. We cannot trail in either match, in my opinion, okay? And I think the team really needs to get out of the gates better. But, again, they get things going. And right from the start, you can see Benfica is starting to play better. There's a more crispness in their play. Um, on Goal TV, they use the word lento. For the, for the way they played in the first half. Lento meaning slow. Uh, whether it's Spanish or Portuguese, that word has the same meaning. And they did. They looked slow. And this was the same against Portimonense as well. Slow, slow, slow at first. And they've really got to pick it up. It seems like they only know how to do that once they're losing. Okay, so let's fast forward. 56th minute after. Benfica's had some great chances, including, including João Felix um, in the 51st minute. A right-footed shot from the center of the box. Did well to get to get free. Uh, made one of his good runs, even though he was heavily marked. Managed to create enough space for himself. Receiving a pass from Pizzi. Making a, a good attempt at goal. But Thiago Sa gets enough of the, of the shot to force it to the post. And then off the post and clear. And Befica, at this point, at least I, I was feeling like, okay, this, the tying goal is coming. If nothing else, the tying goal is coming. All right, one, one at a time. And... Uh, you know, it's almost that thing Benfica does to us. When when there's a little bit of cushion, they have to use it right away. And that's not what we want to see. And I'm starting, to, I'm finding myself at this point hoping for at least one goal to get a draw and to at least go back home the following week still in the lead on the head-to-head. -head. But in the 56th minute, João Felix again gets himself into a good, a good, um, into a good position. And he is, he gets good good body position on Ricardo Ejgayu. And then as the ball comes in, he goes to turn to receive the ball on his back foot. Ejgayu gets the slightest of touches, but it is a touch, okay? And the VAR confirms this. So Portich says, stop your crying. This is more of a penalty than the one that Milito drew up there just a few weeks ago, okay? Um... Felix does not extend his leg out to initiate contact. Felix is making a natural turn on the ball, trying to receive the ball on the back foot with a turn with the spin move. Ishgayu catches him on the foot. Again, force has a zero to do with this. I don't want to hear this. It's a soft foul. This is a term that's outdated. It doesn't exist anymore. There are no hard or soft fouls. It's either yes, there's contact or no, there's not. We live in the age of VAR. Stop. With this this uh, spectrum of force that is required to consider something a foul, I say the same thing when Befica is guilty of it in their own box. Okay, I say the same thing. I've said it before when when we've conceded penalties. Yes, there's contact or no, there's not clear contact on this. Only someone that's blind can say there's no contact. All right, Ishgayu knows it. Ishgayu doesn't even doesn't even complain. He knows he's he's accidentally made contact. Felix goes down. We got a penalty kick. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and talk about it anymore. It's a penalty kick. It's 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 verified. There's nothing to discuss. PZ steps up. PZ buries it um, to the goalkeeper's left. To or I should say to the goalkeeper's right. To PZ's left. He hammers it with the inside of the foot. 
and a huge, huge sigh of relief goes up among Benfica Nation all over the world, all right? All over the world, we felt a little bit of, of relief here in the 58th minute. PZ scoring, it's 1-1, and um, just a minute later, João Felix is given his second yellow card of the season for a bad foul on, on Pablo Santos. Um, keep this in mind, okay? Young player again, just like Tino. A young player because no more than a minute later, Felix running hard at the end of a ball um, along with the same Pablo Santos. Uh, tries to get there before Santos. Santos being the experienced uh, defender he is, gets his good body position so that uh, Felix's effort can only go through him, not to get to the ball. Foul on Felix. Everyone's calling for a second yellow on Felix. I watched this, and I'm going to be honest with you. Had the referee shown a second yellow here, I could not make, I could not, in honesty, in all honesty, make have a complaint because he very easily could have been sent off for a second yellow here. The, the kid needs to be just a little bit smarter here. He needs to know when um, he's on a yellow card, and not just him. This is something that frustrates me with all top-level players. They just seem... Very few of them seem to understand that when they are on a yellow card, they can't afford a little slip or an extra mistake. How many players do we see sent off because of this? Felix, at this stage, the game's 1-1. There's a half hour to go. That ball's going out of bounds. Even if you win it, what are you going to do? You're on the touchline all by yourself. You've got no support. There's no sense in going that hard after that ball. Okay? There is no sense at all. Other, the only thing that's going to happen is exactly what did happen. A more experienced defender is going to put himself in front of you, force you to foul him. It happened. Fortunately, the referee was forgiving, did not give a second yellow for this um, because very easily Benfica could have gone down to 10 again, um, but did not. You know, a lot of a lot of protests from, from the Braga players, from the fans, protests from Porto fans, Sporting fans as if they're in the race. They like to have a voice too, because um, you know they're they're rooting, they're doing what they do every season this time of year and rooting hard for Porto, uh, <laughs> because they they haven't had anything to play for in May for years, um, as far as the league is concerned, outside of that one season where uh, they died on the beach trying to hold us off, and uh, but everybody, every all the antis calling for a second yellow here does not come. Fortunate for Benfica. 63rd minute now. And it is Bruno Viana uh, conceding the, uh, yet another penalty kick. So I must come on here and say that I was wrong about something. Because weeks back, when Porto won 3-2 at the Pedreira against this very same Braga team, I said, mark my words, Benfica, when they go there in a few weeks, will not get two penalty kicks. So in two weeks, the two guarantees, I mean in the same weekend, the two guarantees I've been making were both broken. And I'm happy about that. But I had guaranteed Porto would not drop any more points, and they did. I guaranteed Benfica would not get two penalties in the same game in Braga, and they did. But again, correct call. Don't give me this about intent, okay? The, the player's hand is coming away from his body. PZ fires a rocket, and who knows where it's going. It doesn't matter. The ball hits the player's arm. The, the shot is blocked with the player's arm. There's no need to even go to the VAR. The whole world saw it. Okay? Um, 
this is consistent with how penalties have been called this year. It may not be by the letter of the law, but this is how the law has been applied all season in Liga Nauj. Um You have to call this because it's been called all season, uh, so it needs to continue to be called. And they gotta they gotta figure this out in the off season. What is a penalty? What is not? What is handling the ball? What is not? In this again, in this age of VAR, of VAR, it has to be clear cut, black and white. There's too much, still too much room for interpretation in the laws of the game. I think FIFA, UEFA, the governing bodies need to figure this out. They need to make a standard set of guidelines, a standard set of protocol uh, for the entire world to follow. Now that we're going to be using VAR. Penalty kick, in my opinion, well, well called. And it's not because it's for Benfica. Again, I say it when it's against Benfica as well, okay? The ball hits the player's hand. Uh, the player's arm is is outstretched. It's not up against his body. Um, it's in an unnatural position. I, I that's for me a handball all day. Peasy steps up, and boy, <laughs> I'm telling myself, you know, before he steps up, I'm saying this is the time for the panenka. The panenka is something made famous recently in the last 10 years by Totti. And a lot of players use it um, running up to the ball and then just doing the chip up the middle. The reason I say that the Panenka is the right play on this one is because PZ's already taken a penalty kick. He buried it to the goalkeeper's right, to his left. Um, PZ shoots to that side. Just he's been saved to that side, but he goes there every time. I was shocked Tiago Sao went to the same uh, to his left again as he did on the first penalty kick. I thought for sure he was going to the middle, but if you're PZ, you're not sure where the goalie's going. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, he's not staying in the middle. If I'm taking that penalty kick, and I used to take penalty kicks, that's when I'm either drilling it up the middle or I'm going up and it's a panenka, and. Um, and putting that ball nice and easy up the middle because the goalie's going to dive to one side or the other. PZ, with confidence, puts it right in the same spot he put the previous one. 2-1 to one Benfica. The fans are on their feet in Braga. It is um, the 65th minute. And, again, a huge relief. A huge sigh of relief going up amongst the fans. Um, the Porto fans surely are feeling the frustration at this point. As Benfica have reversed the 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 scoreline, now ahead two to one, sixty fifth minute, we move ahead just two minutes. Uh, Ricardo Gallo again conceding a penalty, not a penalty, conceding a corner kick this time, and it is Peasy stepping up to take the corner kick and puts that ball on a line, right about I don't know two to three meters in front of the penalty spot to an on running Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz gets a header on it and. Buries it at the far post. No chance for the goalkeeper to get to it. No chance for anybody. Befica now 3-1. And you can feel that this game has uh, has turned around. And, and I think all Befiquistas now believe the three points are, are at hand. Um, Befica taking complete control. C- killing the morale. Killing the spirit of Braga at this point. 71st minute. Rafa shown a, uh, uh, a yellow card for a bad foul on Francesu. Um Francesco would end up being all right. Um, in the 73rd, an offside to Braga as as Ricardo Esgaio put a through ball through to Paulinho, but Paulinho was offside. 73rd again. Um, 
some substitutions here as Sporting Braga would send Diego Souza, the Portugal international, Brazilian-born Portugal international, the striker, would come on to replace Wilson Eduardo. Abel, Abel Ferreira trying to, to change the shape a little bit to see if he can get his squad back in this match. Um, also, Benfica with the substitution, bringing PZ, taking PZ off here, the man of the match. PZ coming off with Eduardo Salvio stepping on. We hadn't seen Salvio in the league for quite a bit, but he was back on. Um, 76th minute, a foul by by Seferovic on Pajinha. Seferovic struggling in this one. Plenty of chances to score, just couldn't finish. Really, really looks stiff and static and lacking confidence. Takes it out on, on Juan Pajinha, and we got a yellow card for Seferovic. Uh, 77th, another foul by Florentino, 78th, Florentino fouls again on Cloud Mead, and at this point I'm screaming, I'm losing my mind, um, my wife is asking me why I'm yelling at the TV, I'm trying to explain to her that Florentino needs to come off before we, we go down to 10 men, um, the attempt to ended up being saved on the free kick, Diego Souza fired a right-footed shot, um, that had been assisted, or I should say that had been given to him by Ishgayu with a cross. Uh, but good save by Odi Vlachodimus. And we, move, we continue to move forward here. 84th minute. Trincao comes on for Francergio for Braga. As does Ricardo Reiler replacing Ricardo Ishgayu. Benfica makes a sub in the 85th minute, long overdue. Florentino finally coming off with Jetson Fernandes stepping on. And in the 86th, Rafa wins a free kick in his defensive half on a foul by Claude Mead. Um, fast forward to the little bit of audio you heard at the start of this segment. João Felix playing a through ball through to... To Harris Seferovic. Seferovic on a breakaway. Okay, a breakaway on his preferred left foot, but he can't put it by the goalkeeper. A good save by Tiago Sao with his foot. Um, and again, the frustration continuing to mount and the pressure continuing to mount for Seferovic. But in the meantime, Pablo, being far too slow with the ball, gets pickpocketed by Rafa. Rafa takes the ball, and as you heard, Antena Um. You heard all kinds of adjectives for this play. <laughs> so, first it was a la Maradona, and then it's un, un, to, un, un toco de Messi, right? A little bit of, of Messi as he slaloms through the defenders and then puts a, he puts a left-footed shot from the center of the box by Thiago Sá. Rafa Silva scores a highlight reel of a goal against his former team, does not celebrate out of respect, to Braga and their fans. And that is something I really admire about this sport, everybody. That is something that, you know, North American sports will never understand. But a really, really touch of class to score and not celebrate against your former team out of respect. Rafa just puts his hands up in the air, if basically apologizing, if you would, but in a respectful way. Um, again, this is something fans of, of American football or ice hockey, probably don't understand. Um, but 
I think it's a nice it's a nice gentlemanly action um, and a sign of respect for the club that that you know developed him where his uh, where his youth formation was done, but and he is Bra- he is Braga's most expensive um, sale of all time still, to the best of my knowledge, um, when he moved from Braga to Benfica. Beautiful highlight reel of a goal. 90 plus 1. Befica makes up one more substitution as Adele Tarap replaces João Felix. El Principe, as they call him on Goal TV, comes off to a standing ovation, applauds the fans, and the game will end with Befica winning 4 1 over Braga at the Pedreira. Let's move into the player ratings, or let's go to the stats first. Uh, possession. Befica 58 to 42 with the advantage in possession. Befica winning the shots battle as well with 18 total shots. Two Braga's 12. Accurate passes. Befica with 367 passes. Two Braga's 231. Befica success rate on those passes 82%. Two Braga's 75. While Befica had four had 16 fouls. Braga 14. Each team had five corners with three offsides to Braga and two to Benfica. Player ratings for this match, all right? And we will start with the goalkeeper here. If you just give me one moment to change this screen as I selected the wrong screen. Here we are. And this is, of course, courtesy as every week is courtesy of FootMob. Uh, Odi Vlacodimos, a 6.3 in goal. The back line. Andre Almeida, 6.9 rating. Uh, Ruben Diaz with a 7.9. Picking up a yellow card, however, which suspends him for the Portimonense match. Uh, Ferro with a 6.9. Grimaldo, 7.2. In the midfield, Rafa, 8.7 and a goal. Andreas Samadi, 7.3. Florentino still picking up a 7.1 despite a poor first half with quite a bit of mistakes. Um, picking up a yellow card as well. And the man of the match was Pizzi with a 9.3 rating. The forwards, Seferovic and João Felix with 6.8 and 6.9 respectively. Each of them picking up a yellow card as well. So like I said, man of the match was Pizzi. Alright, so that was uh, that was the end of that match. Um, final thoughts on that, I think. Concerned about the way Benfica started, and this will come up again shortly in the next segment when we move forward a week to yesterday's match. Um, really, really getting, I, th- I do believe wholeheartedly that the pressure of being in first place is taking a number on this team, and fortunately there's only two games left. Honestly, I don't know how much longer this team can hold on, because sooner or later... You're not going to make that comeback. And this is game after game now where we're letting the other team score first. And this is something that needs to be resolved and needs to be corrected um, before we get to Viola du Conte next Sunday. Because we saw what what Riuab did to Porto the previous Friday night before this Braga match. Okay, And I said this. Yes, it was good and people were celebrating. But keep in mind, we're going there next. So next week we go to Vila do Conte to play Rio Ave, okay? With the I mean the season sitting on the line, absolutely sitting on the line. Um, Benfica, I don't like the fact that we can afford a draw. I'm very uncomfortable 
with that context, with that preface going into the match. Benfica has proven this season that going in and not needing to win is a bad thing. They have not been able to hold a result when a draw is enough, especially in these high-pressure situations on the road. So I hope that all of the all of the poor handling or the poor uh, prepar- I don't want to know. I don't want to say it's poor preparation, but the poor carry out of a game plan and the just lack of being able to hold on to a result. Hopefully, something was learned in in that cup semifinal, Europa League quarterfinal, second legs. So I hope that something was learned that we can go into Vila do Conde and not let this slip. All right, sit right there. We're going to play a few sound clips from yesterday's match with Portimonense, and I'll be back on the other side to break down the match for you. Sit right there. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Don't forget about the Facebook page as well, Mr. Benfica. Just search for it. You will find it. Sit right there. And I will be right back. Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino. Uh, due to some really frustrating technical difficulties and recording issues right now, I can't seem to be uploading the audio that I've spent several hours trying to record right now. Um, so unfortunately, this is going to be the end of episode 13 here uh, with Befica beating Braga 4-1 to on the road. All right, um... I will be back later this week with the review of the Portimonense game with Benfica playing on a Sunday next week. I've decided that I'll just do the normal Friday night uh, podcast covering the Portimonense game, hopefully having more luck with the technology. Um, I I do apologize. It's incredibly frustrating right now. Um, It just does not. Whatever I record just doesn't seem to upload. Not sure exactly what's going on. I will work on this and get episode 14 covering Portimones uh, out there to you at the normal scheduled, uh, you know, the regular time, Friday night sometime. Um, I do apologize again. I wanted to make this a two-game review, but uh, circumstances I'm not able to control have prevented that. And uh, my patience for technology is very, very low, especially right now. And um, I'm not going to be able to re- to upload the rest of the audio for this episode, so I'm going to have to re-record it. So I will get that out later this week. Uh, apologize again, and thank you for your patience, and I will see you guys next week. Here's Damu Trintiset. We're almost there, boys. All right, we got two matches to go. 180 minutes, four points. Let's go get it. Viva Benfica, carrega Benfica, damo 37. Peace.